0: hey everybody welcome back to the pixelless podcast the podcast about all the nerdy things we love and enjoy and no you're not having technical difficulties we actually just have our cameras turned off to have a little bit of a reveal between us uh Blake and I decided to dress up for our very special Halloween episode discussion today.
1: oh wait, it's for the podcast <laughs> I thought you just I thought you well, just yeah. wanted to just you know <laughs> just change things up a little bit
0: well, you know, we'll column a little column B put a little spice in our relationship that's right you gotta you gotta keep things fresh true hundred uh, percent but I'm will that's Blake. you still can't see us, but I forgot to say that part, but my friend, should we? uh
1: You got a dope avatar, by the way. I like the little penguin,
0: bro. I love him. I love Nate. Even like a year or so ago, offered to like make me a new avatar for Twitch, and I was like, man, I just love this penguin too much. I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, I just like right. the Discord one, like a loser.
0: no we gotta, we gotta get this man an avatar, y'all. Be sure True. to shame him in no. the comments and in the Discord. <laughs> okay, well. <laughs> <laughs> could have just left it at you oh, know yeah, let's get you a new one it's so sure. getting <laughs> spicy getting zesty man all right all, all right. right should we do the reveal let's do the reveal all right should we do like a countdown or let's do a countdown
1: all wait right. i gotta figure out what my button is okay we're good
0: all right and y'all all i right. may have to adjust our cameras since we didn't get to look at this beforehand so y'all bear with me if that's the case true. but true all right you want to count us down all right three two
1: one boom
0: <laughs> oh my gosh yours is so good <laughs> oh you're looking dapper man bro i was going
1: for kind of like the old-timey professional dm kind of feel you know the pre-vest days yeah you know trip over to a uh, goodwill
0: you know? i thought you were um specifically i thought you were like a candela dm because that's the immediate that, like vibe i got
1: yes that is it <laughs> <laughs> that is exactly right Dude, yours is awesome, bro. When you told I, uh, me you, had, you needed some time, I was like, I wonder what he could be doing.
0: And <laughs> it was definitely this makeup. I needed uh, yeah. Ashley's help and she had to go somewhere. So I was like, just go ahead and help me out. Let's get this done.
1: She's like, but it's four hours in advance. <laughs> you get like the first stroke in. Is it supposed to burn? I don't know.
0: <laughs> it was weird, man. You know, as somebody who has not dealt with this before, like getting your eyes touched and your lips touched, it was sensations I'm not weird? used to.
1: For people who stumble across this episode like <laughs> three years from now, and it's like not Halloween, you know? Like, what are <laughs> like, they doing? <laughs> yeah. So I like the shirt, too.
0: Thank you. And, you know, I didn't really have um, – I was like, what's a pirate shirt? But I was like, you know what? They partied, so he's wearing his party Hawaiian shirt. Is that- Well, I was
1: thinking you're one of the pirates from episode – what was it, 74? Yeah, yeah, So – Specifically I- Kyle. But I didn't want to say it if it wasn't that for you to be like, you know, oh, yeah, you're Kyle. OK, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you can't the name tag then. <laughs> yeah, so
0: you can't see it, but I have like a, a name tag image on my side of the uh, screen. Oh, that's cool.
1: Oh, I just realized my other ring lights not working. That's a bummer. Well, um, here we are. It is, you know, we had a little special Halloween episode of Critical Role. Uh, You and I doing a little bit of a special Halloween-themed breakdown of said episode. And if you guys are just tuning in, we like to talk about all things Critical Role-related, as well as in other stuff, too. (laughs) And uh, we always like to plug the Discord. In fact, we're having a little bit of a watch party tonight uh, on the Discord. Uh, So if you like hanging out with people who also enjoy critical role and other things, D and D related, we'll have a link to the discord in the description of this uh, episode. And we like to say that everybody is welcome, no matter how casual or feverish you are uh, regarding critical role.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Come join us. We, uh, there's been a lot of, we've had like a lot of new people join recently from the watch parties and it's been fun to have, um, you know, people talking all the nerdy stuff they enjoy. Uh, so definitely come hang out with us. It's hard for me to talk to you in that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> just... <laughs> be mesmerized, I guess. <laughs> now, are you gonna are you gonna double up? Do you have like another Halloween party you're gonna go to? <laughs> no. Okay, <laughs> it's just for this. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe don't talk about it then. Outside of <laughs> uh, uh, friends and family. Oh, it's for a Halloween party. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Don't ask any so, more questions. <laughs>
1: no, this is my. I got a Halloween party. This is gonna be my getup. I got this. I got D and D. I got a Halloween themed D and D session coming up. I'll be wearing this again. I'm all about. Listen, will you, you stop know, you shaming
0: maxim- me with your social life? I'm sorry. Well, you gotta,
1: okay. You got to maximize. You know, <laughs> we 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 spent five dollars at Goodwill, so we gotta we gotta make a go go the distance. Yeah.
0: I mean, I guess we're just boring. I don't think we're doing anything, but maybe maybe later. I don't know. Nothing planned though. Like this this had no other purpose besides you and I right now. Sure. But maybe I need to make something happen. I can dig it. you know yeah also also you can't see i've got instead of my normal background it's a ship behind me Ooh, (laughs) forgot you couldn't see so i just wanted to i wanted to paint the full picture for you
1: let me actually make sure i got my notes in the correct place before we begin talking about this episode
0: Mm, good Mm, yes. Um, well, so while he's looking that up, before we launch oh. in, a couple other things. Um, Worlds Beyond Number is back. I think we talked about that last time, but we still haven't um recorded our episode on that, but that's coming soon. Um, also Loki, we're still doing, and I still haven't watched it yet, but I know you have, and I've heard a lot of people say the episode is just crazy. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna watch good. that today, and that will be coming soon from us as well. And then mm-hmm. um we will be talking about the Mighty Nine reunion as well but um, mm-hmm. we got to figure out details on when all these things are happening but all those things are coming um so be on the lookout for that yes <laughs> all right uh anything else before we get started here no
1: i don't think so
0: <clears throat> all righty well in that case we will jump into it and um For those of you watching on YouTube or wherever you're watching, you may know that we love to do a recap before we dive into our proper discussion. And what we do is we cut that recap out and host it separately for your convenience. So if you find yourself just on that recap and you want to hear our full thoughts on this episode, it'll be linked down in the description below. But okay, without further ado, let's dive into episode 76, A Gathering of Heroes. So... This episode opens with Bell's Hells having just teleported from the Shattered Teeth to Whitestone, Uh, but not without a few hiccups along the way as, you know, Sam had to roll for the teleport, rolled poorly, um, and then rolled again and was successful. But basically everyone took a bunch of force damage before ultimately making it to plopping in front of the Sun Tree. Um, Basically, immediately a Pale Guard runs up to them and says that, hey, Lord Percival is expecting you, and escorts them to the castle. Uh, they're actually led to like the secret room in the castle, and it's a like workshop, one of Percy's workshops, where he is tinkering along with Dancer, Imahara Joe, Verna the Viper, <clears throat> which who is a um Lagamore, I believe they're called. Mm-hmm. And everyone quickly catches up. And while that's happening, uh, Lady Allura Visorin actually comes down and joins everyone um as well. <clears throat> she tells them that she is familiar with lewdness, um, and simulacrums I think I'm saying that right but that word always messes yeah. me up um, and she talks about how somebody of his station and capability could actually have many uh, simulacrums um, then everybody basically takes a look at this harness which is what everyone was tinkering on uh, and it looks repaired and polished compared to when Bell's Hells you know left it here um, <clears throat> Alora, having just joined takes out some tools and basically makes the final few like arcane inscriptions on this thing Um, before asking them, like, do you understand what you have here? And basically tells them that stuff like this has been used throughout the history of Arcana. Um, Devices that are similar are called like power stills, but this one is like way more elegant Mm -hmm. and larger and very, very difficult to craft. She says that the fact Ludinus once crafted one is a testament to his skill and ability. Uh, She also says that using this on sentient beings is severely amoral but she supports it being used against Ludinus, and she asks that once they're done with it, they return it to the Cobalt Soul to be destroyed. Um, And they ultimately agree to that. Ashton then takes out the um, Shard of Raushan to kind of get everyone's take on this, and everyone is amazed by it. Um, And I think they dive into this a bit later, so I'll touch more on it there, but he basically is like, you know, is this something we could absorb with the harness and they're like well you've got a lot going on maybe you shouldn't be the one to do it um but in any case the whole group wants to test the harness on something much smaller to begin with so they know that it can permanently take enchantments from different magical items and creatures so Chetney puts it on uh, to be the test dummy and they try to think of what they could test it on and ultimately Percy has some magical silverware and dishware brought down And so they like place it in front of this harness that Chetney's wearing and it like essentially like sucks up the magic essence of this thing, leaving behind only like black charred ash. Uh, It's at this point that Matt hands Travis the magical item card and he tells Chet he gains five health. Um, The magical item is is really cool and it's really long. Mm. So I'm not going to go over it here in the recap, but we'll talk about it in the discussion. Um, So basically everyone freaks out and they're talking about that. And then they return to the shard of Raushan, being like, okay, what would happen if we absorb something like that? And who should be the one to do it? And it's at this point that Allura takes a look at Ashton, specifically like the Dunamancy in their head. And she calls out that this is very akin to Dunamancy. And she says it predates the primordials. The balance of life stems from it. Uh, what's in your head is like a condensed focus for it, almost like a half beacon, if you will. <clears throat> she says the fact that you're standing here is a marvel in and of itself and along with the shard of kamort already being inside of you um you're possibly the greatest weapon that we have um it's at this point she suggests not putting the shard of raushan in uh in them as well just cuz that could you know get real bad real quick um everyone then decides to kind of think on it <clears throat> and they take their leave to go get some food um, everyone leaves except Percy and Alura, who stay to have a private conversation but before they leave Dancer stops FCG and tells him that she understands what happened between them wasn't like really FCG um, she's not 100% comfortable or okay yet but she just wanted to say that she sees the good things they're doing with the new group and just wanted to let them know that before they head off to this you know very dangerous mission FCG thanks her and appreciates her um, giving him a shot at living to begin with. Um, then they kind of have their little moment. Um, everyone leaves, but Laudna leaves Pate in the room to spy on Percy and Alora. And Percy, just, Percy basically just says, this is all very upsetting. He isn't against making Whitestone a sanctuary, but he also doesn't want to make it a target like mm-hmm. it has been in the past. And um, now he has much more to worry about, like his family. And can we maybe take this elsewhere? <clears throat> Allura tells him like, Hey, there's bigger fish to fry. Like the moon's locked in the sky. Aliens are invading. Like Whitestone Isn't the number one priority here of like, of like the bad guys even. So plus it has a lot of protections. Like it's going to be fine. She basically says, uh, then she looks at Pate who is invisible, but she like flicks her fingers and Pate is like thrown out of the room. Um, <clears throat> back to bells Hills, who basically is having lunch now when a bunch of people enter the room, mostly Pale Guards, but also Keyleth and a couple of others, and the guards say their presence is requested and direct them to a war room, essentially. So they make their way um, to Percy's office, and inside is Percy, Allura, Ebenold Kai, Keyleth, and an older woman who resembles Keyleth. And that's where we go to break on the first half.
1: Yeah. So coming back from the break, um, we have this meeting in the war room. Uh, this older woman is Vilya, uh, Keyless mom. Um, and essentially they have basically what is like this, the state of Exandria. Like what's the state of, um, what is happening right now? And there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of details that are mentioned. One of which is that we we do get confirmation that the Malleus Key is holding Ruitus and it is the peak of the solstice, like it's holding it in that sort of time frame of the solstice, and that this scrambling of magical energy that we've experienced over several episodes is originating from that Malleus Key. Um, they also talk about how originally there was an idea about sort of attacking the Malleus Key, but because of the disenchantments of a variety of things, uh, there have been a large number of threats that have popped up all over Exandria that have forced uh, each kingdom to sort of have to focus in on itself. Uh, the only kingdom, or kings maybe not the right word, but the only entity that's been able to sort of approach the Malleus Key and um, create this sort of, um, offensive, uh, has been Vasselheim. Uh, however, we get more confirmation that, uh, healing magic is stifled. And in general, there seems to be some kind of magical, uh, anti-magical dampening thing coming from the Malleus Key. Um, where the conversation goes is basically like, we need more information. We need to know what to do. And the party basically recommends uh, offers themselves as, hey, we could be the scouting party. Like we could be the people who could go in and make this happen and figure out, you know, what more information so we can make a better decision. And I don't remember if it was like actually asked like, oh, would you want to do that or not? But regardless, Chetney makes a joke that he's like, hey, we're expendable. So (laughs) (laughs) go ahead and send us. Um and they they're like, hey, we'll go do it, we'll make it happen, but we're gonna need, we're gonna need lots of like magical items and things that are going to be able to help us. Um, Alora says that she'll she's willing to see like what's available. Um, they do ask Lord Percy like, hey, do you have like eight legendary weapons that can help us? <laughs> and Percy's like, "No, I don't have anything like that. Um, there is an insight check, and um, it seems like uh, Percy's uh, not being totally forthcoming. Um, they also mentioned the betrayer gods and it's like, well, who has a connection to the betrayer gods? And, um, you know, naturally we know that one <laughs> of the, um, party members does, uh, Fern, by the way, as they're talking about the future of Exandria and like going on this mission, Fern does make a joke about, um, you know, I want to make the world safe for my child, which gets everyone, <laughs> you know, there's kind of this, this has come up before as a running joke. And she's like, Mr, Mr, my child. Um, which maybe this would be like a great thing to cut at some point of all the jokes with uh Fern being pregnant throughout this campaign. Funny. So all that to say, um they're like, hey, we'll do it, we'll make it happen. Um, you know, send us off and we'll hopefully not die and get you the information that you need. Um and they're not just only suggesting to go to the excavation site, they're actually suggesting even going up to Ruitus and getting like a first-hand look uh at the boon. Uh War Room ends. There's this funny, like back and forth, like, good day to you, sir. And to you, and to <laughs> <Yeah>. you <laughs> that happens between doctor. all the characters. Yeah, Doctor. <laughs> um, Orum goes after Keeleth as Keeleth is leaving, and um Keeleth um uh, I think like r- like rubs his cheek or something, like and says something like that's from your mom. Um, and you know, basically says, like, hey, keep an eye on Imogen. Um, I know her mom is Uh, Liliana, who's very close to, uh, in this whole thing. Um, basically says, you know, I think we can trust her. I think it's going to be okay. But also in the meeting, Imogen had mentioned that, hey, getting close to the beam has really made her feel like she's losing herself, like losing her self-control, like she's really drawn to it. Uh, so Keyleth is understandably a bit nervous about it. Um, aside from this, uh, the party also continues chatting about what their next step should be, uh, until Orem has a sense that they're being watched, you know, with this massive, ridiculous perception. Uh, and they realize it's actually Gwendolyn DeRolo, uh, who they had met the previous time they had attended, had come to Whitestone. And so, uh, Oram's basically like, Hey, I know you're there. Hello. Uh, Gwendolyn comes out. Um, she has like this little skeleton doll toy thing that she's playing with. And, um, Laudna immediately sees an opportunity to connect with her. Uh, Laudna has this very disturbing moment of like, (laughs) Hey, you want to see something cool? And like peels open the skin on her chest (laughs) to show her sternum and then invites Gwendolyn to touch it. Super weird. weird. Yeah. It's not really the casual (laughs) thing I would tell a child, Hey, come on over. (laughs) uh but interestingly enough Gwendolyn touches it immediately shudders and runs away uh they follow after her knock on her door and I think it's Imogen actually knocks on her door and is like hey what happened what's wrong and Gwendolyn is basically like she hates me and she's like what Lana? no Lana doesn't hate you and Gwendolyn's like no like I've never felt anything like that before like I've never felt hate like that um and then Imogen and Ladna realize that it is Delilah within Ladna who naturally, of course, hates the Dorolos. Um, they need to kill some more time during the day. Uh, they can't use the harness again until the next day, or they can, but there's a risk of it breaking permanently. So they're like, what else do we want to go do? Um, they decide to go to one of the temples, uh, a couple of different temples. They go first to the temple of the uh, Matron of Ravens, which is actually just like this small hovel um, altar really. Uh, and there is a statue of what seems to be the character, the winged character that they saw, uh, at the excavation site. Um, they go in through this tiny door down into a basement where they meet this, um, oh my gosh, it reminds me of the always sunny, uh, guy who's like on drugs always. (laughs) <laughs> um, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, like the voice is very similar, the but the main one of the main characters? No, no, like a side character who like over the episodes gets like worse and worse off. Oh yeah, um, yeah. I know who you're demons, talking about. You
0: know? He's like the priest or something, right?
1: Yeah, right. Yeah. So <laughs> just this very like odd character who's like, hey, how's it going? Uh on Oth- <laughs> Oth- I think was his name. Arthinon. And um they're making like some small talk. It's just a very awkward person. And they're like, Hey, so like, how does this thing work? And there are these five sarcophaguses that he's like, yeah, jump on in and see what happens. So they jump inside. And as they're in the sarcophagus, each sarcophagi they have, or like rather like tombs, I guess they have this experience. That's not unlike when they were descending into the tree of atrophies sort of domain or area. Where it's like this black, endless void. and they look they look to see this figure who's wearing a mask. and as the figure takes off the mask, they are they see just this endless void in place of a face. Um, they look up into the sky to see the same figure and like these large chains that are stretching down from the figure down to them. I think it's Ashton who begins to try to like climb up the chains. and as he does this, it shatters the chains uh the matron uh, matt admits this is the matron the matron then like bursts into a bunch of ravens herself i'm trying i'm pretty much making this sound like a drug trip but
0: <laughs> it kind was it,
1: i'm not giving it super ju- good justice but they they feel like in this moment that they are seen like this is like a, a nod of acknowledgement from the matron of ravens all that to say they leave the temple uh, FCG wants to go visit the temple, uh, the Horizon Temple, the temple of the Changebringer, uh, where he, or excuse me, they run into Ossley, who was like the steward of the temple that uh, they had encountered previously in their last yeah. trip. And uh, FCG is like, hey, do you mind if I pray? And Ostli's like, of course, that's what this is there for. Uh, FCG goes to the statue of the Changebringer, prays and basically says, as we're so used to FCG doing, Um, Hey, if anything bad is going to happen, if there's any way you can make it happen to me instead of my friends, um, that'd be really great. Uh, This seems to activate the statue, and the statue begins to, the change voice begins speaking to FCG and basically says that um, there there are dark days ahead. But uh, in place of those dark days, if there's a hero that's willing to step up, that um, some may be saved or something to that effect. Um, And FCG also realizes that the change bringer is scared uh, and that um, basically no one is safe from whatever could be coming, whatever could be happening. Uh, They leave and then they make one last trip. Uh, They want they had joked about it earlier in the episode about finding Whitestone Andy. Um, This character from several episodes ago where Lana talks about uh, I think it was actually in Lodna's memories of her getting picked on uh, and having dirt thrown at her by this this person, Whitestone yeah. Andy. Well, they go to the base of the Sun Tree, and they find this poor guy who's, like, selling crepes, <laughs> like, out of this little, like, food truck. Yeah. And they're just being huge douchebags to him. Um, Imogen has this guy. His name's Andrew. Uh, and his age kind of checks out, too. He's in his 50s. Laudna's in her 50s. Uh, Imogen is, like, asked for, like, this really big order. And then she's like, oh, you know what? I'm allergic. Never mind. You know, so the person like has to waste it. And they're like making all these jokes about like, Hey, you know, you ever throw dirt at little kids? And he's like, what? Like, <laughs> who are you people? Um, and then finally they're like, this is, this is getting like a bit ridiculous. So, uh, they fortunately move on from him and decide to basically, um, wrap up the day to go to sleep and, uh, ideally start the day tomorrow using the harness to, um, work on the shard of roshan so uh that is where episode 76 ends a gathering of heroes uh and if you're watching just the recap don't forget there's a link to watch the full breakdown we want to know what you thought about the episode and don't forget the discord link as well if you want to chat about
0: the episode pop pop Woo! all righty also yes i i mean Clearly, this was the Halloween episode, which is why we're dressed up. But um, they were all the Lord of the Rings cast, in case anyone.
1: Yeah, fantastic. forgot. I wanted that reminder. Yeah, fantastic episodes. Yeah. I mean, uh, costumes. Excuse me. Great yeah, costumes.
0: They, they were so fun. Um, I kept cracking up at uh, just like not like just at the costumes, like when they were like giving different like speeches, you know, like as Gandalf or whatever. Yeah. And uh, did you remember last year when Matt was uh? gambit and had those contacts in yeah yeah uh, that's what i kept thinking i was like oh my gosh at least it's not that because that was so distracting yeah (laughs) his costume was great honestly
1: um i i think probably laudna's was my favorite she did an awesome legolas her (laughs) her or i mean all the hobbits were great too honestly but her or um well she's not that i'm saying it now i'm looking at each person sam's gimli was awesome but I was going to say Travis's Aragorn was like <laughs> yeah. pristine. He kept but... doing
0: like blue steel and like smoldering. Yeah. Like...
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, another great episode, fun episode. Um, man, it, it yeah. let me just throw this out there because I don't know really where you want to start. It seems like the party is potentially beginning this scouting mission where they're going to go leave and they're going to report back. I have a, a worry that this is actually not going to be a scouting mission. Like it's not going to be we've checked it out. All right, let's get back. Her yeah. get back get back to Keyleth. but like this might be the last time. It's very um reminiscent of um an EXU season 1 uh, when they were in uh, oh, what was the town? Uh, certainly to be by roden, by Roden, and there was like the big um talent show, probably <laughs> the best episode of the whole that whole season, yeah, but they knew they were about to go off on this little trip after the fact, um and I, I kind of had the same impression. I was like, is this the last time that Bell's Hells is going to have like a moment of respite mm. before you know we don't have i mean we, we have probably quite a few episodes left, but um you know who's to say? where those episodes will take place, but I don't know. I'm feeling a little nervous that, that plus the change bringers sort of like omen or ominous, you know, speech to FCG. I, I don't know, man.
0: Yeah, I, <clears throat> I agree. My, I'm wondering like, are they about to go? And if like, cause they just got the harness. We know, obviously they have these primordial shards to deal with, but, I was wondering, like, are they going to go at least for some amount of time? Not that it would be like a long arc or anything, but maybe a couple episodes go and try to, like, get each person some some buffs with the harness and then go on the scouting mission. If that's the case, I'm definitely with you that, like, that's like the end game. But if they're, like, going immediately right now to Ruidas to scout, I guess I could see them coming back and then, like, going back. But I don't know it I'm with you on the vibes, though it definitely feels like the calm before the storm and it it also feels like it's not gonna be as simple as like peeking in and coming right back, you know, like something's gonna happen up there, and I mm-hmm. guess is it like the final fight of the campaign, or you know I don't maybe I don't know, but I'm with you. I agree with the the vibes and like what it feels like we're getting into, yeah. I'm also like what curious. do you think they're going to go oh. <clears throat> on any harness stuff? Like what do you think the bro vibe is I don't there?
1: Wanna be I don't want to be a broken record. It feels like there's not time. Like we keep talking about this like for like 30 episodes now that there's not time, but Yeah. Maybe there's time. I don't know. Like the harness is such a freaking cool item.
0: Yeah.
1: That it's hard for it to not feel like it's a bit of a not a MacGuffin, but just like, okay, they consume the shard and then it like not really be relevant again after that, or not necessarily have like a reason to use it, I guess. So like I would, it feels like it'd be right for them to have like, okay, now that we have this working, what's our plan with it. But on the same well, token, yeah. on the same token, it's like, there's been this standstill at the bloody bridge, uh, you know, Allura kind of put a clock on, on the whole thing of like, hey, this holding of the apogee peak is mm. is really um,
0: weighing things on th- up,
1: right? And like, it could destroy Alexandria as a whole. So like, there's a clock there. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't
0: know. Yeah. So I mean, let's say even they use it on the shard. Maybe they use it on like some really small, not important things leading up to the battle. Cause you know, it gives like temporary HP or whatever it was, uh, which I'm going to, I want to go over the exact item here in a second, but we right. know at least they want or seemingly are planning to use it on Ludinus, Right. Right. So <clears throat> it's, you know, even if, even if it was only the shard, we, it does have a purpose beyond that, at least as like an important item in the battle. Um, but let me go, just let me go ahead and get, read the item really quick. So everybody's yeah. on the same page. Um, this is a wondrous item the elaborate harness marked with runic inscriptions affixes to the torso of a humanoid creature when activated any non-artifact magical item placed within the harness's funnel for one minute will have its enchantment permanently removed if a creature of powerful magical essence is physically touching the funnel for one minute their magical essence is temporarily drawn from them Removing any magical ability they have for 24 hours while bestowing a unique benefit upon the wearer until the wearer completes a long rest. This benefit varies depending on the creature. Depending on the rarity of the item in question, the wearer of the harness gains one of the following benefits. Common, 5 temporary hit points. Uncommon, 10. Very rare, the wearer's hit point maximum permanently increases by 5. 5. All attack rolls, saving throws, and ability checks have advantage until they complete a long rest. Legendary, one of the wearer's ability scores is permanently increased by two, depending on the item, as does your maximum for that score. And some powerful items may bestow additional benefits. If a magical creature touches the harness for one hour or more, they are destroyed, and the wearer gains a permanent benefit based on the creature. Once a creature gains a benefit... cannot benefit from it again until they complete a long rest.
1: Bro, how's this group ever going to take on lewdness? Like, I mean, like, for real, this guy, we know he's used the harness on the powerful fey creatures. Yeah, I can't remember how many were like marked off, but I mean, your, your ability score increases by two and your maximum also increases, and you get a special bonus if it's you know, yeah. depending on the creature. Yeah. I mean, it, it's been like hundreds of years, hundreds of years. Right. At so le-
0: I mean, even if we just assume that this one that they now have was his first one, which maybe it wasn't, you know, mm-hmm. like maybe he had a harness back in the calamity days and that's just, you know, the, the one they have is just the fifth iteration, but let's just assume it was the first. Then. Yeah. He's had it for at least like a hundred years. He definitely has a new one. Yeah. I think, which, well, I mean, <clears throat>
1: Go ahead. Sorry, we we talked about why doesn't he use this us anymore? And the implication must be that he's he's crafted a better one. Yeah. And I think it was even mentioned, it was finally said out loud in this episode that like, hey, maybe maybe he has like innovated on it and come up mm-hmm. with a new version. So I 100% yeah. agree with you.
0: Because why leave it behind if it's such a, you know. And with that, I I want to talk more explicitly about the harness, but while we're here. Another thing we've been talking about for a long time, or like what exactly are Ludinus's plans here? Like what, what does he really want? Um, Now knowing how this thing works, I think whatever version he has now, he wants to use on Predathos to like suck up Predathos and give himself that power. Yeah. You know, I think it, <clears throat> it makes him slightly less of a cool villain which he's an amazing villain, but I just I really liked like if he really was just like, I'm doing it for the good of the world, you know, but the, if, and he still can be doing that. But the fact that he's like that, we don't know this to be true, but if he is like wanting to usurp Pradathos, then that's a bit more like narcissistic and um, well, selfish.
1: Maybe not, though, because, well, here's what I'll say. Two things we we mentioned this in the last episode was it it would be interesting. I think I talked about Die Hard, how. Die Mm. Hard 3, how the bad guy, uh, the whole time is, it's all about, you know, revenge. And then it turns out it's just about money. So I think, I think this trope or whatever you want to call it, um, is, is fine. Like I'm, I'm okay with, and I know you weren't saying it wasn't fine, but I'm okay if it goes that way. But in terms of like narcissism, it could be, what would be interesting is if lewdness feels like, okay, I'm going to release Pradanthos to eat the gods cuz i hate the gods and we shouldn't be beholden to the gods but then what's keeping pradathos from just filling the void and becoming that mm. themselves maybe the safest route i i don't trust pradathos mm. you know pradathos didn't i'm not rude as born right so right. maybe maybe the safest route then i know myself mm. would be to eat pradathos eat all the gods and then now i've i've certainly made sure that the future I want for Exandria is,
0: is going to happen. I like that. I like that. I could see that. And that, uh, man, just so many, like, what ifs? Like, cause I feel like anything could happen. Like, in terms of like, even if Bell's Hells wins, I still think prior to that, Ludinus could have Wiped out some of the gods, or you know, whatever the case may be, Um but I, I, I feel, I feel like I'm pretty heavily leaning into the fact that that has to be what he's got going on. Yeah. With this, with this harness and what we've learned about it. Um, what's interesting though is that, and again, I don't know if Yvonne Trevier is a reliable narrator, but <clears throat> you know, explaining that the gods fled and Perdathos chased them essentially was the the imagery we got, um I guess in that in that scenario, perhaps that was Ludinus Pradathos. but mm. but I don't know. but if if we're to take that at face value and not assume that it was Ludinus, then in that scenario, he didn't absorb him, I guess
1: honestly, Ludinus prodathos is a much better. I need to stop saying trope because trope makes it sound like it's cheap. And I, I don't mean it that way, but i I do think it's just great in written stories where, you know, you have the clear big bad, but there's like a bigger bad that keeps getting mentioned. Mm-hmm. But that one, you don't have like all the nuance and like history with that one that you do this one. And so I think it I think it's just a stronger story. <clears throat> if lewdness does consume Pradathos and becomes predathos lewdness or whatever, yeah. I I think that's way more compelling. It's kind of like this up here is kind of like the Final Fantasy thing, which you know, you like beat the villain and then you have to fight. You yeah, know, the final, that, final boss. Was that like, Final Fantasy 9? Where that like that was like every Final Fantasy game ever. <laughs> where you're like, who who is this guy? Like, who's this boss? The VAR, yeah. yeah, you know, and you're like, what is this thing? But yeah, so I mean, I'm okay with it either way. I just think it would be really intriguing if the red force chasing after the gods was actually Ludinus, um, like you said. Um, but but seriously though, I'm kind of like. I'm very... And you've watched the first two campaigns, but I'm I'm just... We've said this since early on in this campaign of, like, the power disparity. Yeah. Like, it just feels, with this new revelation about Ludinus, that the power gap is impossibly large. And even when they fought its... Um, Ludinus's simulacrum, and Orum uh, was like, hey, this this character is hundreds of years older than Trent, uh, which I haven't finished the live show. Um, but even that was like ominous and Epic with yeah. a bunch of level twenties. Right. <laughs> right. So, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm kind of like, I I just don't know. Like they're level 11, but yeah, see what I'm, I'm not trying to be long winded here. I'm just like, you can't bring in someone like Vox Magana can't come in to take them out because that feels cheap. You know, I mean, maybe I don't know, but maybe Audahan becomes the big bad. I, I I don't know. But I
0: think, yeah, I, I'm with you. I think it's I'm really interested to see how Matt designs the final encounter. If I if we can just put the generic that title on it, um, because you're right. I mean, unless he's severely weakened, like maybe like maybe somehow like maybe they use the harness on him and that like. Delevels him for lack of a better way to put it, and it's a more mm. even fight, or I th- it's gonna have to be Vox Machina, Mighty Nine, and like some epic grand battle where like maybe Bell's Hells is fighting Odahan over here, you know? Yeah. Like I I don't know like the you know the nuance of how Matt's gonna have it planned out, but like you're right, they're they're level eleven, and this dude is like level thirty basically. Yeah, pretty you much. Know? Yeah, it's like <laughs> so. level
1: twenty plus 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 new game plus 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 plus. plus. <laughs> yeah, you know, like. This guy got every unlockable hundred percent completion, you know min max he he is Sora who stayed on the island <laughs> till level eighty before he left the island Shout and then actually you know actually played the game like <laughs> yeah. I'm just like it's just it's nuts to me trying to like conceptualize it um but th- then again though, I mean it feels like even though it feels like we're heading into like the finale esque i mean there's still a lot of story to tell in the sense of. Um, well, characters to engage with. Adahan, like we just mentioned, Liliana feels like a big piece of the puzzle. Um, and maybe Liliana would be maybe not maybe not Vox Machina, maybe Liliana would be, you know, the thing that sort of weakens lewdness, I guess. But
0: yeah. Yeah, I think there's a lot of like there's a lot of possibilities for like ways you could level the playing field. But I mean we we know that. Mighty nine and Vox Machina are involved. So like, and they like the world's at stake here. Like everyone kind of has to be involved that, that isn't dealing with other stuff. So like, I don't I'm really interested to see how Matt like throws this all together, but <clears throat> it definitely feels like this scouting mission was like the level appropriate thing you guys can do. So okay. with that, I feel like that's where we're at now and something we were talking about you know, a few minutes ago is if that does lead into like the end game, like what happens from there, but maybe it is like they scout and they do come back and there's some, there's a bit longer to go. Maybe they can get some more levels, some harness stuff. I don't know, but there's also, like you said, there's Liliana that could come into play. Allura mentioned that Ashton is like potentially the best weapon they have with all this stuff going on. So maybe there is like a, I don't mean MacGuffin in a bad way, but just like in the, in the way that term is used, uh, like Ashton is like a MacGuffin in some way to weaken lewdness or the freaking gods, you know, like maybe at some point they're like, let's, <laughs> our lives are on the line here too. Like, let me divinely empower you and kind of, well, I don't know if you how I guess I won't say this, but we saw an example of kind of like a power up in the mighty nine reunion that just happened. Um, so I don't know if if that I'm not saying that exact thing would be used here, but clearly that's like a concept that Matt is familiar with, so like maybe there could be there's i feel like there's lots of ways that the playing field could be leveled potentially um but yeah on the on the outside looking in it definitely is like what can they do so mm-hmm. excited to see it come together, yeah,
1: I mean. It's tough like I I want to enjoy the ride but I also, you know me man. I got to got to know all these things. Spoiler I wish I knew how many episodes were left which they don't even know. Um you know, I mean they probably have like a dramatic sure like a generic idea of like yeah, probably a band of this many to that many episodes. Um bay 2 was 140 48
0: 140-ish like in the the first one I think was like 115. But mm-hmm the caveat already, being that they had already played at home for a while in that one. Right. Um, I would, it feels like we're in the, the final act. Mm-hmm. So I would, we're on, this was episode 76. I would hope we get to a hundred. Um, but I, I, I mean, anything could happen. Like you just said, but with where we're at, it I, doesn't feel like we're going to get to the one forties. Yeah. Because that, it, that it would mean we're just halfway right now. Yeah. Well, with
1: how urgent things have been for, I mean, about like 20 episodes now, 30 episodes now, I'm just thinking about like leading up to the Apogee Solstice. Um, It's just hard to imagine. It, it's just hard to imagine having another 70 episodes.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, I will I say that
1: it. I love these characters, so.
0: What I will say is we had this conversation even before, um, 20, 30 episodes ago leading up to the solstice. So similarly, maybe like this, maybe there is like another solstice event that like feels like the climax, but there could be stuff after, you know? So like maybe we all go to Ruitus and and Ludinus does consume pradathos and... Mm-hmm goes to fight the gods, but maybe the campaign's not over. Like maybe, you know, like that, I'm not saying that's going to happen, but just one random theoretical idea of like, we could have this big moment on Ruedus and yet there's still more story to be told after. Mm -hmm. But I would venture to guess that's probably not the case, but you never know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, um, to cycle back to the, the harness for a second itself, um, I really hope not that we need a full arc of it, but I really hope they do go try to like, I mean, I guess, I mean, obviously they're not going to kill any <laughs> sentient magical beings, Um, but like, and not that I want them to, but like, I want to know what kind of benefits you would get from that. So like, I hope they at least go find some like legendary items to, um, to try this on. Obviously we have the, the shard, um, which with something we talked about, I think in our last episode, um, if, if for lack of better terminology, Ashton shard is active or like, is there like, it's not like he can use the harness on himself, I guess, but um like, I want to know, I get at, at the very least we'll get Raushan's shard consumed and see what that does for somebody. Um Maybe we get Comort's, uh, but I hope they like, I just want to see some cool yeah. stuff and some cool, like what Matt could come up with for like these. Hopefully cool, but not game breaking like permanent bonuses.
1: It does seem like it, it's going to go to Fern, which was our I think our guess originally. Yeah, that.
0: it doesn't seem like they've even really considered anyone else. I mean, yeah. Ashton aside, um, mm. but not that yeah. I fault them for that because it, it thematically feels really right for Fern.
1: Yeah. Well, when Chetney first put it on to like test it, I was like, is is Chetney gonna, <laughs> you know? Krabs yep. is like, I consume the shard. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> so I guess we'll see. I mean, this next episode is gonna probably gonna be a pretty big episode because they're gonna ideally consume the shard and then very like immediately decide what's our next step. Are we going straight to the excavation site, which Orm was ready to go to, you know, ten episodes ago, or are we um, you know, gonna go on this tour around Alexandria? <laughs> Yeah. You know, to consume magical items. So, um,
0: um, I don't, know. I don't know if so. I'm reading the item again. I probably just don't have the full stats, but it, in the stats that I wrote down, um, there's no line about it potentially breaking if you use it more than once. But there is a singular yeah. person can't use it more than once in the same day. Um, yeah, but is there an additional? Right. Well, it, yeah, it was,
1: um, 20% chance. If you, if you use it again, it has a 20% chance to break okay. and that increases every additional use Okay, was what Matt said. <clears throat> so first time you use it 20%, second time, 40%, which is also presumably, I, I think that was, uh, maybe it's not presumably, I don't know why it broke in the first place. That lewdness mm. maybe got greedy and used it too often in the same day it broke and but also was maybe already working on a new prototype or what have you but um i think that's also why they didn't just absorb the shard right there i think actually imogen said something like well you know we don't want to we don't want to risk that so
0: yeah true let's fill our
1: day with stuff and then try again tomorrow
0: is it it's is it 20 percent on the very first one or zero mm-hmm. percent and then twenty if you like used it a second time. Or is it just twenty anytime uh, you use it? I
1: think it was twenty if you use it a second time. Okay. And then every every consecutive attempt in the same day adds twenty percent. Gotcha.
0: Which <clears throat> so I'm I'm looking at this again. Legendary, I, they probably aren't gonna find too many legendary items to consume. That's the one that increases your ability score. Um but very rare permanently increases your HP and gives you advantage on like everything until you have a long rest. That's so good. So like, it feels like it might be worth it to try to use that one. I mean, everyone in Bell's Hells won't be able to do it because they're not going to find, you know, seven. Well, maybe we would, but I doubt they're not gonna be able to use it seven times in one day, but maybe somebody would like risk not sleeping for a night. And use it over a couple days or something. Mm-hmm. But I have to imagine at least like two or three people are going to try to use that before the big fight. Right. Well, it's
1: again, it's my point on the power disparity is like, if this thing can give you advantage on your roles or on your saving throws, like in Ludenus has had something like this for hundreds of years and like a newer version,
0: mm-hmm.
1: this dude's basically a walking God is the impression I got. So yeah,
0: <laughs> it's about um, to literally be, Potentially,
1: yeah, yeah, which I guess you're uh, sorry, go ahead. I was just say I was just gonna agree with you that, yeah, I think the application might be that, hey, final boss, like here's the final checkpoint. the save here's the final save point. let's just let's just use this thing up, you know, before we yeah. go in. so I can see that happening,
0: but if they need to be careful to save it to use on him, right? Maybe they can't just go crazy crazy. so they need to if they touched him for one minute with it, he would be temporarily weakened so that's all they really need because I mean there's no way they're going to be able to use it for 24 hours on him unless they've mm-hmm. already defeated him
1: but one minute's
0: a long time One minute's a
1: really long time that's 10, ten rounds, ten rounds yeah. in combat <clears throat> so yeah for people listening every round is 6 seconds so you would need 10 rounds of holding him touching it which is an astronomical amount of time in combat I think most critical Role combats are over by the third round, sometimes the fourth round.
0: Yeah. Um, I don't know if there's ever been a 10 round combat. Maybe like once. Yeah, I mean.
1: With one entity, I mean. Yeah, take take the average critical role combat and triple it. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that's how long that he would have to be holding him. So I don't know. I don't know about that. Um, yeah. I was going to say something else about this too. Oh, something else I was going to say too is. Um, just a nice little DND uh insight. I appreciated uh Laura Bailey being like, What's a wondrous item again? And I like this because um, you know, you have these people who literally they're playing it every week for years, for years. And I bring this up because I just as a random DM D D aside, I think sometimes people are a little bit too intense about um D expertise and like knowing everything and like you know we've this has come up before we talked about with the counterspell of like mm, it shouldn't work that way and all yeah. these kinds of things and um you know i i don't know i really have no interesting comment to say about it other than like hey yeah there's someone who plays the game who even they themselves lost track for a second of like what is that item again like what how does that work um so not much else to say about it i guess
0: yeah i mean we're all human the freaking rules lawyers are the worst man I mean, there's ways to be gracious about it and a way to like genuinely be like, why why did, you know, why did they do it this way? But like, not the people that are like, um, excuse me, you know, your, your fun is wrong. Right. True. So, um, but yeah, and I know we already talked about this, so not to launch into it fully again. Um, but again, needing, needing to touch something for a minute or 24 hours to get the, the powers. And Matt has also explicitly said that like, Perdathos is still sleeping. Right. In right. Ruidus. So it definitely feels like Lewdness is going to like find, trying to find Perdathos, hopefully before it wakes and just suck him up, you know, when he just, you know, if he's just sleeping. i don't know it's probably not like literally like a big dog sleeping in a center of the earth type of scenario, but you know what I mean.
1: I'm really curious. He's a, is he a sorcerer or a wizard?
0: I don't know. I mean,
1: I thought wizard, but I don't know. I know they were kind of like figuring it out. Um.
0: Also, so while you're looking that up, just one random thought. Another potential on like the power level and the, the playing field of a potential like final battle. Mm. Uh, we've already seen one simulacrum, and the Laura made it clear that he could have a mini. Like maybe they fight simulacrums. You know, maybe mm. like if there's eight of the dude. Bells Hells, you take one of these, like, Vox Machina, will take Prime, or, you know, I don't know. But, I would not be surprised, and I would actually be, I would be surprised if we didn't see another one of those.
1: I just, I just, even if it's a simulacrum, man, like, dude's casting ninth level spells. Yeah. You know, he casted a Power Word Stun on, uh, I think it was on Keyleth. I mean, just like... Yeah. I don't know, man. I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't want to be the dead horse about it. I mean, I've made my point, but I've, I feel like there has to be, we've had the same conversation about Adahan. Like it feels like there has to be, uh, he's a wizard by the way. Um, massive wizard. power, <laughs> power advances to, for this to be a fair fight in its conclusion. Um, yeah. if it is going to be lewdness that they fight, which it might not be. So,
0: very interested to see. want to see this harness used. Um, I did like that, you know, a lot of what ifs, but if they use it and it doesn't break and they beat Ludus and it doesn't break, I liked the fact that, like, Matt baked in, like, hey, and can you return this? Because we need to destroy it afterwards. Because, like, this is, like, a crazy item, you know? So, like, not that I have much more to say about it, but I love, like, the in-universe, like, kind of reasoning of, like, these very powerful people being, like, we understand why this needs to be used in this circumstance, but afterward, like we're gonna need that back because that should not exist. Like that needs to be destroyed. Um, I just, I liked that.
1: Yeah. Um, can we move on, or do you want to see yeah, more? Yeah, about yeah. This? No. Please. Uh, I don't. I don't know if there's really that much like insightful to say about the encounter at the um, Matron of Ravens. Raven mother's <laughs> temple other oh, than just being the
0: crepe stand at first.
1: <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah. Just a very atmospheric, very cool. Yeah. The whole thing was great. The um, weirdo <laughs> groundskeeper, I guess. Yeah. Uh, which I mean, you gotta be a little weird to be like living in a basement basically for sure. Keeping after the place. Um, But yeah, what was your, did you have any like, insight or takeaway from that encounter other than just like the matron kind of giving them like a keep at it you know kind of thing I I, I watched over twice to try to kind of like figure out okay <laughs> yeah. this is very like what are the chains is that like yeah, you know self imposed is that prodathos like
0: I, I was trying to figure that out too I don't have like a this is what it means um at all so me, just randomly grasping at straws but yeah, I was wondering that, too, because we got the first vision and wherever they were um, with with Fern and Chetney and whoever that was, um, where they saw Vax screaming in the Malleus key. And that was like the, the interpretation we had back then was the matron kind of being like, hey, like, I need help. My champion needs help. So with that kind of informing this new one, that's kind of the vibe I got. And the chains are like. Even though, like, because at the very start of this vision, Matt described an orb again. But then as they mm-hmm. got closer, it, like, became the matron mm-hmm. who was then turned around. So I have to feel like, okay, like, she's reiterating that her champion needs help. But then, like, the deep hole and she's the one wearing the chains? Maybe it's still just atmospheric, you know, metaphor. And it's still kind of representative of, of Vax but maybe like it's also her power has been kind of subdued due to the fact her champions being used in this way. Not that yeah. like she needs Vax. Cause that's certainly not the power structure there, but like just maybe by, by consequence of, of her champion and therefore her power in a way being what has locked Rutus in place, being what has kind of gotten through the divine gate, maybe she is weakened because of that. And that, that would at least make sense to me. And so like, maybe that's like the representative of the chains. Like I need help. Um, my champion needs help. And then they climbed up the chains and they broke and she like scattered into the sky. So like, right. I, I don't know. Is that like, if I'm freed, this will be good, you know, or like, I don't know. I, I really didn't know what to make of it other than it seemed like I need help. But yeah how did, did you parse it any differently or
1: definitely more than what I got <laughs> other than just like, it's like an acid trip. What's happening here? <laughs> um, yeah. mean the chains piece, I was definitely curious, like, is this self-imposed or like external? Um, and I, it's interesting that when they like, we're trying to use them to climb that they shattered. It feels like maybe the matron's saying like, Hey, you guys have the power to stop this. Yeah, um, which is what they've been told a number of times um, by the Tree of Atrophy, by the Changebringer. Um, it is a bit interesting that you know when the Changebringer gave FCG the original vision or like the mission, mm-hmm. and Abria's character uh, Deanna, I think, um, got the charge from the Don Father. <clears throat> It's interesting that there hasn't been like a divine like power-up, like you mentioned earlier, like it could happen. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I do kind of wonder if like we are waiting for something like that to happen. Or maybe they're unable, they're unable to, with the um apogee solstice being held
0: Mm.
1: since since divine magic doesn't seem to be working, or excuse me, healing magic, or not healing, uh revival magic. Um what kind of
0: magic is that? Yeah, but they were also. It was also mentioned, I think, this episode that, like, I don't know if divine is the right classification here, but I'm just going to use it, that divine magic and healing magic was, like, not as potent around the bloody bridge. Wasn't that mentioned? Right. Like, yeah. clerics were talking about. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, certainly it could be something to that effect that the gods either are unable or are unwilling. Like, maybe they're yeah. scared to, like, get close not literally, but you know what I mean? Like they're just kind of like pulled back right now.
1: Here's something interesting. Um, Just looking up revivify and resurrection, they are, their domain is necromancy. They're necromancy spells. Mm. So matron of Ravens see connection there. You said it yourself a second ago, maybe Vax being um, in the Malia's key has chained her in some way. Maybe that is why, that magic doesn't work. Maybe her power is like more constrained than the other deities.
0: That would make sense. And it would also make sense in terms of, you know, Ludinus obviously doesn't like any of the gods, but he's got some weird thing with the matron. So like, obviously it it kind of had to be the matron for the plan he enacted with using Keyleth as bait to draw out Vax. But like, maybe it was personal and like, he specifically wanted to target the matron. um, Right to subdue her more than the others. I like that. Well, and
1: maybe it means that... I wonder if in the short term if they feel like they should free Vax, but then they've mentioned it like, hey, if we destroy the key, we lose our opportunity to go to Ruidas. True. So...
0: Yeah, I did like the explanation that you can't just teleport because of the Divine Gate situation. That's one thing we had been wondering. Yeah, I wonder... Yeah, uh, yeah, I don't know. So, seemingly, if Vax can be saved, it might have to be like a after the climax type of thing, like after they, it's but, dealt with.
1: But also, if they just destroy the Malleus Key and the Divine and the uh, you know, the beams destroyed, doesn't that just put Ruitus back in rotation? Like, why do they even
0: need to go to Ruudus? <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe, like, he maybe, if, I don't know. Maybe it's if he's, if he's there, bad. then, like, and Pradathos gets out, like, that's enough. Yeah. Like, maybe, yeah, you know, because he's in the divine gate, but also sleeping or imprisoned. Like, maybe if he broke out from within that, then he could just escape of his own volition or something. I don't yeah. know.
1: Vibes of, what if they shot you in the face? We get like 30 episodes later, (laughs) and they're like, why didn't we just just destroy the bridge? Like, (laughs) oh, yeah, why didn't we do that? But no, I think it makes a good point. I mean, if Ludinus is on Ruedus, it makes sense for them to go there rather than just like, you know, chopping the beam off, I guess. Yeah. So. Um, what else from this episode? Um, Um. The Gwendolyn thing was pretty interesting.
0: Yeah. Um. Yeah, that was definitely, definitely a creepy move from Ladna's part. But Gwendolyn seemed to be into it, you know, until the Delilah part. So right. I guess she just kind of likes those things, which clearly she does. She was into the yeah. spooky and the skeletons. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I don't. I think that moment served its purpose, and it—that's all it was on face level, yeah. on surface yeah. level. But I wonder if. Via touch, could like Gwendolyn have a piece of lot of uh, Delilah in her or anything? Like, I don't necessarily think that's the case.
1: Um, That would be bad. Or would Gwendolyn tell? I mean, they said you know, let's make sure Percy doesn't find out. Like, would Gwendolyn tell her dad?
0: Yeah, um, I guess she wouldn't. She might not know. Like,
1: yeah, she know what that was to tell her hatred, right? But
0: if she just, if she even just told him about the experience. And Percy can probably put two and two together because he knows. Mm. At least I think he knows. I mean, we, yeah, no, he knows. Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, that does feel like another shoe that could drop at any moment. Um. So I'm, I'm. Yeah, and yeah,
1: I agree with you. I don't think there's any more to it than that. I think it was just a really awesome like flavor moment. Um, but using your words like the shoe to drop, not even so much like regarding Whitestone, there is this whole other Delilah piece. Yeah. That you know it's it yeah. feels like a couple of characters have kind of gotten um not like their personal story like ended um but like sort of like the main breadcrumbs of their story have kind of um yeah they've had like kind of those moments um I think of like Chetney, for example um but there's this huge detail with Ladna of like is this like just going to be a forever curse for her or like what exactly is going on with Delilah and will this come up again as we lead up to this back half of the campaign?
0: Yeah, I could definitely see it flaring again and like having screen presence in that way. But as far as coming up again, where like it's fully dealt with and explored, I'm not sure. Um, You know, similar to how they did it the first time this campaign, we're like going to the the dreamscape and, you know, fighting Delilah there. I don't know if we'd get something like that again, Um, but I definitely think there could be consequences in this campaign of the fact that she's back at all and having to deal with that. But then that could I could see that being something that's like a post campaign one shot. You know, let's go deal with Delilah once and for all, because there might not be space for that in this final act
1: right i was also wondering too if um if the party if someone dies would they use the vest on like well we can't revive them so oh, you know like <laughs> uh, yeah hey lana has this huge evil thing and i was you know i'm sure imogen would be like don't you dare and be like hey imogen come over here I want to show you something.
0: That's a that's a really right. cool like idea, but yeah, I, I don't see them using it on each other. I feel like at least one person would have an objection regardless <laughs> or of what Or who like it if was.
1: Aston died and they're like, "Hey, he's got a massive <laughs> start in him. Maybe we should just" like, <laughs> you know. "Hey, when times are dire, you know, you got to use everything you, you got." What you
0: got to do, you know. I get it.
1: Yeah. So,
0: anyway, um,
1: um yeah, yeah I well, mean
0: so. basically the harness and the lewdness thing were the main things I wanted to talk about. Um one small last thing that I have, um, which we already touched on it, but um Alura saying that um let me just find it exactly uh the longer the key holds in the peak of the apogee solstice, a cumulative strain on the very weege of ma weave of magic begins to build. Over time, the tension on the weave could tear it itself. This could alter or rearrange the fundamentals of magic, or even destroy it. Or Exandria. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> just wanted to bring that up again, which kind of the meta conversation we've been having for a while of like post campaign three, what could Exandria or right the D D landscape for Critical Role look like? And that's another thing with even if even if everything is the good guys win and everything is successful, that line right there could vastly explain some big changes if, if right. they wanted to make them. So I just thought that was interesting. Right.
1: No, I agree with you. Yeah.
0: <clears throat> um. But yeah, that's, that's pretty much all I got for this one.
1: Okay. Let me just double check on my end.
0: He be double checking.
1: I was, no, we don't even really talk about it, but I was also just curious, like, Oh, Keila's mom, like. Yeah, yeah. All I know is Vox Machina, that, cool you know we, know, we know she left. I don't know what <laughs> happened after that. So, yeah,
0: yeah. you know, I little won't, breadcrumbs
1: like that. So I won't
0: spoil it here just to, you know, I don't know. You know, some people probably wouldn't want it spoiled, but I can tell you more about that afterwards if you're curious. Um, I was
1: also surprised that, um, so, I don't have to get into it really, but I was also a bit surprised that in the war room that seems to be talking about like the future of Exandria like at stake that there weren't other members of Vox Machina there.
0: Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, I okay, I'm glad you brought but, this up. I wanted to talk about that.
1: Well I just thought it's interesting that Keila wouldn't be like, hey Vex, you should probably really be here, you know, <laughs> or like <clears throat> I don't know. I mean, I honestly don't even know who's alive otherwise, but I mean like Pike, like yeah, hey, buddy, this is about deities and, you know, you're kind of a religious person, like maybe I mean, <clears throat> and maybe they're off fighting like these big threats that have popped up, but I just I guess I was just surprised. I, when they talked about the war room, I was like, "Oh, who's going to be there?"
0: Um yeah. yeah. Yeah, I wondered the same thing and um I won't say the name just to skirt spoilers a little bit, but on that same note, I was really surprised somebody wasn't there tinkering on the harness with them. There is another person from Campaign One, um, Science Bros. For those of you in the know, uh, I was really surprised they weren't there. Um, <clears throat> but then speaking to the War Room and speaking to the other members of Vox Machina and the Mighty Nine, um, let to a lesser extent the Mighty Nine, but we even had Allura mention her connections in Wild Mount. That was the Mighty Nine. I'm pretty sure. Um, OK, so they we obviously know what they're doing. They're, you know, Bo and Caleb and then the events of this reunion. Um, we know they've kind of got their things going on. I think the other members of Vox Machina are. Like, I think Vex, I mean, Vex being absent was big because she lives there, you know. Right. Um. So I think she and Pike, for my guess, are maybe out. Getting the other members or contacting other allies. Um, And, you know, I don't want to get into spoilers of of any sort, but I imagine that's why the other members of Vox Machina weren't there because like, you know, in that moment for this meeting, you know, you don't need everyone in that room. Like we're just sending this lower level party on a scouting mission, but I definitely think that they're like, even though they weren't on screen, they're definitely not just like at home chilling. Like, I think they're involved in different aspects
1: To be fair, we know Matt's thought about it. You know, like the OG characters. You know, he hasn't like, oh yeah, what would they be doing? I mean, he's clearly thought about it. So, really glad Uh, somebody on somebody on Twitter told me that. (laughs) Hey man, where are these people? I knew I forgot someone. (laughs) Okay, yeah, that's that satisfies me. Um, Okay, uh, anything
0: else? Uh, No, I don't think so. Um, just that okay. I'm excited to see where this goes. Um, but for those of you that, um, remember, or if you don't remember, uh, this Thursday is actually not campaign three. This Thursday is going to be the finale of Candela because that got oh. moved back because of the mighty nine.
1: Uh, yeah, so our okay. next
0: episode of critical role isn't until next two Thursdays from now. Um, I'm
1: glad you mentioned that though. Cause I was wondering, whatever happened when you joked about me looking like a Candela character, I was like, did that finish? Is that over or
0: okay. Yeah, just one more. The finale no. will be this Thursday, Um, which uh, we'll be watching it in the discord. We have, you know, the watch parties for that as well. Mm. I probably am not going to have time. Uh, Well, I'm getting ahead of myself. I was thinking about maybe like re like hosting a watch party to rewatch episodes one and two for those people that maybe hadn't. Um, I don't know if I'll have time to do that before this Thursday, um, but maybe like maybe, maybe somebody else in the community would be willing to, to do that for us in the discord. Uh, anyway, that may not happen, but this Thursday episode three will definitely be happening. Um, but yeah, if you're interested in the, in the rewatch or wanting to rewatch and, um, that would be something you would want to do. Definitely hop in the discord, let us know if there's enough people. I'm sure we can figure it out. Um, but yeah.
1: yeah. Okay. Uh, don't forget, um, Sunday nights, watch parties in the discord as well. Ah, uh, tonight because we're recording this on a Sunday. Tonight is the um, DM roundtable with Abria, Brennan, and Matt. Um, there may or may not be a conversation about snackage in that. If you haven't <laughs> seen it, um, but it's a really great, um, it's a really great roundtable. There's some really awesome insights, especially if you DM a campaign of your own. Uh, and those watch parties are always at seven thirty Central Time uh, in our Discord. Just FYI.
0: Yep, and um. I typically, I don't want to say every time because sometimes I forget, but for those of you that are like time zones, there's an event in the discord. So if you join the discord at the top, you'll see an event and that should automatically change right. to whatever your local time zone is to tell you exactly when that's happening. Right, right. Um, But yeah. That that all we got. That's all we got. <laughs> <laughs> all righty, y'all. We'll appreciate you uh, checking in with us on this special Halloween episode, and we will talk at you soon. I'm sure. Bye.